What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. Week 7 picks. First, we're going to do our power rankings and national top 10. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Apple, Google, Spotify. You guys know the drill. Email me at Talk at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. I promise I'm actually going to update my Instagram account this week. Excited about this slate of games. We got we got a real one. Actually, I think we got a couple of real ones. You know, Minnesota and I, uh, Minnesota and Illinois, rather, I think is kind of a it, it's a big time game to determine some stuff in the West. I think I think Illinois and Minnesota are still very much in the West race, and of course, the top ten matchup, Penn State facing off against Michigan, number ten versus number five. I think it's going to be a really, really good game. Excited to break that one down. We'll also talk a little bit about Bama with uh, Bama playing Tennessee, Clemson playing Florida State. But before we do that, let me get to my top 10 and my power rankings. Let's start with the Big Ten power rankings and then we'll go national. Uh, 14 is still Northwestern. Uh, I just, I, I'm not a fan of. Of, of their team. I, I don't think anybody should be right now. No, I shouldn't say a fan. I'm, I, what I mean is I'm not, there's nothing impressive about Northwestern right now. You know, they had the win against Nebraska and, and just since then they have just looked just really, really bad. And they just got shellacked by a Wisconsin team that was coming off a 24 point loss to Illinois. So, I mean, just a lot going wrong at that program right now. I'm honestly just really surprised. Um, you know, I, I hyped up Pat Fitzgerald a lot in the preseason. I thought he would have this team able to compete, and they just haven't. So I've got them at 14. Indiana at 13. Indiana, to me, I, I keep saying this, and I feel like it's cliche. They are a 1-5 and five team that, that's 3-3. Three and, three. and And I get it. They, they hung tough with Michigan early. And I can respect that, but I just—they're just not good. You know, they got the upset win against Illinois because they're scrappy, and the refs were bad. They got the upset over Western Kentucky because they're scrappy. And I have a lot of—I have respect for Tom Allen, but there's just not a lot of talent on that team. I don't think Connor Bazelak is the answer at quarterback. There's not much running game. I just don't think you know they got outgained. I think two seventy to twenty five or something in the second half. It was it was bad, and so I've got Indiana at thirteen, Rutgers at twelve. You know they were they were in it. I mean they had a thirteen nothing lead going into halftime against Nebraska, and you know I think their defense is is good. I think when I, I'm curious to see how they'll be when Gavin Wimsat comes back. Um, I'm not sure when he's coming back. I think that's. Uh, that that's I think a big thing about 
that's the thing about Rutgers is they have upside with Gavin Wimsat when he comes back, although he's very, you know, he's hit or miss. Um, he's going to be inconsistent with uh, just in playing. So I, I do, yeah, what to say about Rutgers. Sorry, I, I feel like I'm, I'm dragging my feet on this. I think Rutgers' potential with Wimsat coming back is good. And I think Noah Vedral being a veteran can give them stability. Sorry, that took a long time for me to say. All that, to, all that being said, I have Rutgers at 12. Michigan State at 11. Their secondary is a mess. A lot of injuries in the secondary. They were never it, – it, it's weird because at one point Michigan State was only down eight to Ohio State, but it never felt that way. It kind of just felt like, yeah, Ohio State made some mistakes and Michigan State capitalized, but they just couldn't really do anything on their own. I, I think Michigan State has some room to fall on this list. Um, number 10, I have Nebraska. I have Nebraska there for the sole reason that they've won two straight games. And I know people are, you know, they're like, it's Indiana and Rutgers who are my 13 and 12 teams. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with Nebraska against Purdue. I don't think they'll beat Purdue, but I think it'll give us a, maybe a decent sense of where this Nebraska team is headed, particularly with toughness. I want to see how tough they are. So I've got Nebraska at 10, Iowa at 9. You know, their offense is not very good. Their, their defense is, I think, really, really good. I, I, not elite, but they are good enough, I think, to, to really stymie a lot of different teams. I, I'm very curious to see in a week – what Iowa can do against Ohio State's dynamic attack, especially if J- Jackson Smith and Jigba comes back. Number eight, I've got Wisconsin. Wisconsin with a bounce back win. And now they, it'll be interesting to see how they do against Michigan State. I was surprised to see how well Graham Mertz and DK, the receiver, how, how potent they were. And I know he's done well against subpar competition. It'll be interesting to see if, if Wisconsin really tries to exploit Michigan State's secondary. I would imagine that that would be their 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 tactic. Uh, but yeah, I think a, a game of two teams that are struggling there. I've got Wisconsin at eight. I've got Minnesota at seven. Mo Ibrahim is slated to come back. And it, again, I think... They have room potentially to move up this list. They play, I believe, at Illinois this week. I have Illinois at six. And so really, I'm not sure where to put these two teams uh, aside from their, like, I think they're firmly in the middle of the pack of the Big Ten. And they're certainly in the running for the Big Ten West. I like Illinois just a little bit better right now just because I think they have the momentum. I think the battle of running backs is going to be really fun in that game. Chase Brown, Mo Ibrahim, who it seems like, according to all reports, he's going to play this Saturday. So excited about that. I've got Maryland at five. I'm not going to dock them too much for the loss against Purdue. You know, they they lost on a two-point conversion. So, you know, Maryland, I think, I think talent-wise, they've upgraded – 
still still a little skeptical about the coaching and some of the mistakes by Tungavailoa, but I think they're playing well. Um, they're four and two. I think they they're a they have a good chunk of talent on that team. Uh, four, I have Purdue. You know, you look. I, I mentioned this in the recap. Their two losses are by I believe a combined seven points to two top twenty-five teams, and one was on the road and one was at home uh, in the first game of the season. So I, you can't really fault them for that. And honestly, I thought Purdue probably should have won one, if not both, of those games. Uh, and I thought Jeff Brom struggled down the stretch in coaching both those games. But Purdue's got talent on all three levels of the defense. Aiden O'Connell is, I think, really playing at a high level. I think they've got receivers. They've got a couple of good backs. I'll say this. Of all the teams in the West that could hang with an East team in the Big Ten championship game, Purdue's the one that scares me the most. Like, Purdue can throw the ball. They've got good playmakers all over. And I think defensively, that, that like, they're strong on all three levels. Like, they're... they're Again, I'm not I'm not saying that they're the favorite to win just yet, but if if I had to pick Purdue, Illinois, Minnesota, I would I'd lean slightly to Purdue. I mean, they have the, the head-to-head tiebreaker over Minnesota. Uh, they haven't played Illinois yet, but I I like Purdue a lot as they continue to round into form. My top 3 is unchanged. Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, 3-2-1. There's a significant gap between two and one. And I'll explain that in a minute. Um, uh, Michigan-Penn State is going to be really fun this week. Uh, and I'm excited to see what happens. My top 10, uh, I'm starting from 10 and going up to one. I have UCLA at 10. They've been playing some good ball. Uh, I, they just beat Utah. They are 6-0. and I like honestly, I like them better than USC right now. I think USC struggled a bit. I think UCLA is playing tough ball. I think they're playing Chip Kelly style of offense. And DTR, Durian Thompson Robinson, he is a playmaker and he's got experience. Excited to see how UCLA continues to progress. I've got Oklahoma State at nine. Uh again, they they continue to win. I forget who they've got this week. I think they've got Iowa State. Um, but they continue to win. I'm not super impressed by them, them but they're, they're winning. And that's all you can ask at this point. Um, I have Ole Miss at eight. I, you know, their, their win against Kentucky is kind of meh. Um, I, I'll be honest, I... If it weren't for the loss, I actually probably put, would put Mississippi State where Ole Miss is. But because Mississippi State has a loss, I'm kind of keeping them. I'm I'm keeping them out. Mississippi State's I think really underrated right now. But Ole Miss I've got at seven because they're undefeated. Um, you know they have a couple wins that were top twenty five teams at the time. I think they there's a very real chance that they get exposed against some of the the tougher teams on their schedule. But to this point, they've played well. Uh, Jackson Dart, he's been okay at quarterback. Uh, Clemson at six, not impressed. I was not impressed by their win against, uh, whatchamacallit, against Boston College. 
Boston College a team that is a team that they should have blown out. Uh, and I know it says 31 to three, but that game was really close till midway to through the third quarter. We saw some some of the old DJ Uyunglele. Their offense just really struggled, and the defense was good. But I would hope they'd be good against Boston College. They've been they have not played well. They've they've been really bad. So I, you know, I I dock Clemson for that. Tennessee, I have at five. Uh, they blew out Arkansas. I think their offense is really good. I I am concerned about their defense. And I'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to the Alabama-Tennessee game. Uh, I've got Michigan at four. Uh, I said it in the recap. Michigan is just, I think they're more complete than Tennessee. I think Tennessee would give Michigan problems. I think Tennessee will give Alabama problems. I think they would give Ohio State problems. Like I, I, they, I think they give George. I think they'll give Georgia problems because their offense, particularly Hendon Hooker, is elite. The problem is everybody could give their defense problems, and so I, I, I think Michigan is more well rounded. I think McCarthy is growing. I wish they'd kind of let him loose a little bit more. Blake Corm's a dude at running back. Running back, their offensive line is really good. Their defensive line with Mozzie Smith, really good. Their linebackers are good. Their defensive back, Sanders still has been a gem back in that defensive backfield. Like he's, like they're they're just, I, I wouldn't say they're elite anywhere, but they are really good. I th- Good to really good everywhere. Uh, Georgia, I, I think there's a pretty big gap between four and three. I think Georgia's three. You know, they they took some time to to warm up against... Auburn. Stetson Bennett is is uh, recovering from an injury. I didn't realize that. Don't mistake their struggles against Missouri and Kent State as they they stink. They're not. They haven't been dominant, but we've seen dominance from them. We've seen them do it against Oregon, and you got to keep that in context. And so I think Georgia, I still think Georgia could lose one, maybe even two games, right? Because they're young and Stetson Bennett is good, not great. Their receivers are good. I wouldn't even say they're good. They're, they're, they're average, maybe average to good. Um, the other line is really good. They're not I wouldn't say they're as complete, and I think they could get they could lose. But make no mistake about it, Georgia at their best can beat anybody, and that's why I have them three. Same thing is true with Alabama, and I have them at two. Alabama, part of why I'm do- I, I I dropped them to two. Part of it is they did struggle against Texas A and M, but you have to recognize they were playing with Milrow, who's a freshman. He if he doesn't turn the ball over a bajillion times, Alabama wins that Texas A that Texas A and M game like by four touchdowns. I, I'm more not. I'm just not impressed with certain parts of Bama's team. I think their secondary has struggled. You know Texas. A, you know Evan Stewart for Texas A and M. He's a five star guy, 
But there are other players that will exploit that secondary if he can exploit that secondary. And I I keep going back to the Texas game. And everybody says, well, Texas is really good. True. Texas is really good. They're much better than I expected. But also, if Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt in the first half of the first quarter, whenever he got hurt, Alabama loses that game. Now, I'll give him a pass, but, like, Bama has not looked good offensively all the time. Like, they haven't looked good against a somewhat decent defense. And so, I... Now, I think Bama could absolutely be the number one team in the country and win the national championship. But right now... Bama has not been as dominant as I would like to see. And particularly their offense has struggled against good defenses, but they've struggled at times. Ohio State has not struggled uh, offensively aside from the first game against Notre Dame, which is a good defense. But they also figured it out and they slowed the game down and they were intentional about it. And even, even at the end of that game, they really were in complete control. And I'll tell you, if Ohio State played Bama, even with Bryce Young this past week, Ohio State wins that game. And that's why I have them at one. The receivers, that the line, the running backs, C.J. Stroud, every position except corner is good to really good to elite. And here's the thing about Ohio State. There's only one team, I think, that has the receivers to really exploit Ohio State on the back end. And they're not, in, they're not even in the top 10, at least my top 10. And it's USC. Now, they're, they're in the AP poll, AP top 10. But Mario Williams and uh, Jordan Addison, they could exploit Ohio State really badly. But you look at the receivers on every other team. And listen, Michigan's got good receivers in the Big Ten. Penn State's got good receivers in the Big Ten. But Michigan State has a decent receiver in Jaden Reed. And he made some plays against Ohio State. But it didn't mean anything. Like without penalties and without the pick six, you know how many points Michigan State would have scored on Ohio State's defense? A big goose egg. And that's, I I keep saying Ohio State could be turning into a monster. If Ohio State continues to progress in the way that they have been progressing, Ohio State's the best team in the country. And that's not to say that Bama and Georgia can't get there. I think Michigan could get them on a on a bad day. I think Penn State could get them on a bad day. But right now, from what I see, Ohio State, I think, is clearly the best team in the country. And if, if again, I think Jackson Smith and Jigba, if he comes back, that's going to really help them. The other guy, and he's, he's much less well-known, but it's Jordan Hancock, who is a corner, who has a lot of talent. They're really high on him. He's been hurt all season long, but they think they're going to get him back for Iowa. Watch out for him. Watch out for, you know, as the defensive line gets back into form. Uh, one stat and then I'll, I'll, we'll take a break. But one stat to put on your radar. Mike Hall, he's a defensive tackle. He played seven snaps against Michigan State. He had two and a half sacks. 
that's pretty good. Uh, pretty good ratio, sack to snap ratio. I think. What's my point? A lot of these guys, they're sophomores. They're just starting to scratch the surface. Watch out. Watch out. That's all I've got to say. Let me take a break, and then we will get to the slate of games for the week. Welcome back to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. We're going to start with a couple of outside conference picks. My first, The first one we're going to look at is Florida State hosting number four Clemson. It's the 7.30 kick on ABC, so I believe Kirk Herbstreet, Chris Fowler on the call. Clemson a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I mentioned I am not a big fan of DJ Uyungle. I shouldn't say I'm not a fan of him. I didn't think he looked good against uh, Boston College. And I'm, I'm still not sure I trust him to be consistent. And while Will, Will Shipley's been good, I, I don't think he's been great, right? Like he's physical and he's shifty. But like for a five-star guy, I just – I haven't seen what I thought I would see out of him uh, in a second year. I think Florida State has some guys, has some talent. Obviously, they're on a two-game losing streak, but they are at home. Jordan Travis, I think, has been has been good for them. He He's stepped up as a leader. Obviously had two picks last week uh, in their loss to NC State. So that was that was tough. But I just, you know, after last, I think two weeks ago after the NC State game, I'm like, I think Clemson could be really, really good and could be the number four, the number four seed in the in the college football playoff. I'm not sure that they're like I, I think they'll win the ACC. Like they've cleared most of the hurdles that they need to, the, to clear. But Clemson's had a like a pretty rough stretch of games, you know, Wake Forest, Florida State or Wake Forest, uh NC State, Boston College last week, which is not that tough. But now they get Florida State and they're traveling to Florida State. Florida State's also had a rough stretch with Wake Forest and NC State, but I I just think Florida State has a different level of athleticism than NC State and Wake Forest have. And I think that might give Clemson some issues. So I, I think they're again, I think Clemson's D line is great. I think their linebackers and their 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 secondary is so so. I think Jordan Travis could really burn him. You know, Wilson at receiver, he's been really good. 21 catches for 417 yards. I'm gonna go with Florida State in a relatively low scoring game. I've got Florida State 23, Clemson 21. Very close game. Florida State kicks a lot of field goals. Clemson is able to get within a couple points, but ultimately uh, misses out. So I've got Florida State up by two winning that game. The other out-of-conference game I'll do is Alabama-Tennessee. I think Bryce Young's going to play. I think... That is, I I think that's that's gonna be what happens. I I think the game being in Tennessee in Knoxville, I think, is very very intriguing. Uh, this is a three thirty kick on CBS. Alabama's a seven point favorite. 
I thought Alabama struggled a bit uh, against a good receiver. Evan Stewart is more talented, I think, than most of the Tennessee receivers. Brew McCoy, I think, naturally talented might be, uh, might be up there uh, in that same talent range. But like, they have good receivers. You know, Hyatt is their their number one. Twenty seven catches for three hundred eighty eight yards, five touchdowns. Hendon Hooker is easily the best quarterback that Bama has faced. Um, like it's it's not close. He's been really really good, and I I think they can push this Bama defense. I really do. I don't think Tennessee's defense can hold Bama's offense. I think it's going to be tough. And I don't think much – like, I, I think Alabama's receivers are good. I don't think they're great. Like, I think Burton uh, – you know, Burton's good and uh, Ja'Cory Harris is good. But it's not anything like the past few years, right? It's not Jamison Williams and John Mechie. It's not Jerry Judy and Devontae – or Devonta Smith and all, all them boys. It's It's not those guys. It's not Henry Ruggs. And Jameer Gibbs has been, I think, very good, but he's a different type of runner, right? Like he's he's hard to bring down, he's fast, he's shifty, but he's not – like he has not been a guy who really carries the ball, you know, a bajillion times. And so I think I'm, – I'm really curious how this game goes. There, there's a big urge for me to want to pick Tennessee – to upset the tide. And I think it's very possible. I think uh, of all the things that I've seen with Tennessee, I think they have the offense. I think they have uh, the capability. Uh, like, I think they have the, the the offensive capabilities. I think Hooker is, is the type of quarterback that can give Alabama fits. I don't think they're complete enough on offense. And I think their defense is going to let them down ultimately. I think Bryce Young's going to come back. I think he honestly, even if Bryce Young didn't come back, Milrow has a lot of skills that I think could really give Tennessee problems. And so I, I'm picking I, – I'm assuming Young plays, I, although I would – I'd probably even pick this even with Milrow because Alabama has a stinker every once in a while and everybody's like, oh, they're done for, and then they play against a top – 10 rated opponent and you're thinking this is the year that Bama gets upset and what happens they come out and drill somebody so I don't think they're going to drill Tennessee I think it's going to be close I think it's going to be high scoring I've got Alabama 38 Tennessee 35 in a shootout that is really entertaining to watch I'm going to be I think glued to the TV at 330 so I've got I've got Bama winning by a field goal 38 35 Let's move to the Big Ten games. Uh, I'm going to save Penn State, Michigan for last. I will start with the 12 o'clock game on the Big Ten Network, which is Minnesota at number 24, Illinois. Minnesota, a six and a half point favorite. Uh, the over under on this is 39 points. So the, Vegas is expecting a low scoring game. I I do think it's going to be uh, a bit of a chess match here. Both teams have really good running backs. Chase Brown is all is like really close to a thousand yards already, eight hundred and seventy nine yards. He's also carried the ball one hundred and fifty one times. That's, I mean, that's twenty five 
carries a game. He's been the bell cow of that offense, and he's the engine. Mo Ibrahim has obviously been really good for Minnesota. He comes back. Both run defenses are really good. You know, Illinois held Braylon Allen to two yards uh, and the Wisconsin offense to two yards, although I think Wisconsin was kind of a shell of themselves. I I think I, I really, really like Illinois. I love what Bielema's doing. I think Minnesota with Ibrahim, I think their defense is just a little bit better. I think Tanner Morgan is just a bit better than than Tommy DeVito. As long as Tanner Morgan doesn't have one of his crazy games where he throws three picks. But I, I like Minnesota to go into Illinois and to, to get the W. I've got Minnesota 20, Illinois 13. I think it's low scoring. I think Minnesota wins by a touchdown. Uh, 3.30 kick on ESPN2, Maryland at Indiana. Maryland's an 11-point favorite. This is the type of game that I get scared of for Maryland. Because on paper, Maryland should blow Indiana out. But Tom Allen's guys are scrappy. Maryland's coming off a loss. You know, the expectations of we could, you know, they we could be 6 and 0 right now and say we're 4 and 2. Do they get down in the dumps and let Indiana spring a surprise on them? I don't think they will, but I think it's closer than what Vegas thinks. I, I think Tungavailo is going to have a couple of struggles. I, I, I think they're going to make some head-scratching decisions. I've got Maryland winning in a close one, 28-24 over Indiana. I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think Indiana is going to struggle a bit. But I do think Maryland hangs on to win. 4 p.m. on Fox, Wisconsin at Michigan State. Wisconsin's a seven-point favorite. Michigan State cannot move the ball. Like, they, they have struggled to run the ball at all, and that just puts their passing game in such chaos. And so I I, I really struggle to see... Wisconsin's defense is not as good as it has been in the past, but there seem, there does seem to be a new energy uh, with uh, Jim Leonard on being the head, head coach now. I think Wisconsin is going to light up the secondary early and often. I think Graham Mertz is going to have another big day. I think DK is going to have a big, big day. And I think, I think one of the biggest stats, every team that has faced Ohio State the following week has lost. Part of it, I think they just, they just beat the other team up because they are very physical this year. And I think that's going to happen again. I think Michigan State is going to be a little beat up going into this game. They're already beat up uh, on the defense. And I think Wisconsin wins pretty easily. I've got 31 to 13. Uh, Wisconsin wins. I think Graham Mertz and DK have a big day. Uh, 7.30 kick on the Big Ten Network. Nebraska at Purdue. Purdue's a 14-point favorite. I think Nebraska is going to show some fight, but ultimately I think Purdue's – I love what I'm seeing from Purdue. Charlie Jones has been just a, a really good receiver for them. 50 catches, 603 yards, seven touchdowns. Uh, he's playing his – I mean, he's just playing lights out. Payne Durham has been excellent for them. Aiden O'Connell is is throwing the ball really well. 
you know, Nebraska has some pieces. Anthony Grant at running back has played well. You know, Casey Thompson has made some plays. I just don't think Nebraska has enough to hang with Purdue's offense. And I think Purdue's defense is is still pretty underrated. I've got Purdue winning 31 to 17 uh and putting them at 5 and 2 um and tied for first in the West. And then the big one. 12 o'clock on Fox. Big 10 uh big noon kickoff. Gus Johnson, Joel Klatt, the best announced team in college football. Michigan's a 7-point favorite. I don't know what to make of this game. I was actually just talking to a friend of mine about this. He's like, who do you think's going to win? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Legit, I just don't know. I don't have a, a good read for this game. And part of it is Michigan, I, I know I've said this, and I'm, not, I'm really not trying to trash Michigan. They've played nobody. Like, literally they've played some of the worst teams in, in Division One a or FBS or whatever you call it. And I know they're tired of hearing that. And they're like, well, who is Ohio State player? Who is Penn State played? And my, I just would say, listen, I, I'm not saying that they've played great teams, but you played a team that Vanderbilt beat by 50 points. That's So it's hard to evaluate. And the, the three games that you haven't played the worst teams in the country, you played Maryland, who if they don't, like, in all honesty, if they don't make stupid mistakes, you lose that game. And then you have Iowa, who, you know, you moved the ball on them, and that was good, but you didn't you didn't dominate them. And at times you made uh, Spencer Petras look somewhat competent, although there are other times where you certainly he certainly didn't look competent in that game. And then last week against Indiana, the second half you were dominant, but the first half was weird. And part of that was your coach going down, and 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 I get that, but it's still like you're you're tied at halftime with quite honestly a bad Indiana team. And so I just I don't know what to make of Michigan. I think they have really good personnel. I, you know, I have them number four in the country. But if I look at Penn State, Penn State, I don't think, is as good at every position like Michigan. And I think there there's inconsistency. Like, I, I think if good Clifford is shows up, he can be really good. I think if bad Clifford shows up, this could be a blowout for Michigan. Like, I think Michigan could blow Penn State out. Um, if, you know, Coach James Franklin, if if good Franklin shows up, I think they could, they can easily, not easily win, but like I think they could have a comfortable win. If bad Franklin shows up, goodness, it's going to be a bad game. Okay. So like Penn State is hard too because I'm like, I don't know, like from game to game, I don't know what to expect from those two. I do think Penn State's offensive line is better. I think Penn State has at least a few elite players. Like, I think, you know, your running back, Singleton, has elite athleticism. I think, uh, you know, Katrin Allen is really, really good. That's, listen, Nicholas Singleton, from a talent perspective, is better than anything Michigan has. And that's no offense to Blake Corum. It's no offense to their receivers. Again, I think they have really, really good players. But there's a difference between really good, good and elite. 
and, and it's the ceiling. And so, like, there, I think there's a, a world out there where Nick Singleton goes for, like, 200 because he he finds a, a couple creases and gets some big plays. Um, so I think there's a – my point in saying all that, there's a pathway to win for each team. I, I think the seven-point line is too much. It's It's absolutely too much because I think – I think Penn State could easily win this game. I think what it comes down to for me is this. It's at home against Michigan, or it's at home for Michigan. Penn State has traditionally not done well post-bye week under James Franklin. And I've said, I said it a lot with Scott Frost, and I'm going to say it with him. Trends are trends because they – like they manifest themselves that like you, you can, you know who you are. And unless if you undergo a lot of self scouting and self evaluation, you don't change. You don't change who you are unless if you just say, and you know, you fire everybody or you, you realize that you need to change. And I think in, in a lot of ways, I think Jim Harbaugh is, is an example of that. He swallowed his pride, fired Don Brown, brought in, very different coaching staff changed a little bit of how he recruits all that stuff. James Franklin hasn't done a lot of that. And so I I think Penn State's defense under Manny Diaz has been really good. I think that the secondary is really good. I think they can match up with the sec- with the wide receivers of Michigan. I think that's going to be a fun matchup. I just I, I like Clifford. When he's good, he's really good. But he's away. Franklin is away. He's off a bye. And I still am not super sold all the way on Penn State's offensive line. And I think that's going to be the difference in the game. So I I think it's close. 28-27, Michigan over Penn State. I, I do think – I think Clifford will play well enough to keep them in the game. But ultimately, I just I think JJ McCarthy's got a little bit of magic to him. I think Blake Corum is going to be steady. But I, and I th- I think it's gonna be a fun game. I think it's gonna be a really fun game. So that's it. That's it for my picks. Um, coming down the pike, either this week or next, we're gonna talk a little bit more about uh, the the firing of Paul Christ and why I'm, I'm I've changed my mind a little bit on it. We're also going to talk about the smoke with Oregon and Wisconsin, uh, or not Oregon, Wisconsin, Oregon and Washington potentially joining the Big Ten. Apparently, there's a bit more smoke. I'm going to tell tell you why that's a bad idea for the Big Ten. Not that they're going to listen to me. And then we'll also do a midseason review uh, at some point in the next week or two. So thanks for listening. Take care. God bless. 